Thanks for tuning in to the Loftus Party Podcast, the most amazing podcast on the internet, if I do say so myself. We've got a great show for you. We have we have so much. We have got uh, me. I was on Fox and Friends, you guys. I was talking about the Democratic debates. We would be remiss in our duties if we didn't discuss that. So we got the audio from that coming up in the show. We got... Uh, I liked, I love the 4th of July. It's probably my second favorite holiday. So I hope you're having a great one. I hope you're geared up for this week. I hope you're planning something wonderful and fantastic. Uh, we're actually going to flash back this week to uh, a Long Island uh, podcast. We're flashing back a few episodes. It's going to be a lot of fun. There is new stuff. We're always going to give you new stuff. We're not going to jip you. It's fantastic. So you've got uh, myself, you've got the Liberty Gimlet, you've got the 4th of July, my second favorite holiday, some wonderful, wonderful podcasts, Fox and Friends, Democratic Debates, it's so much. How are we doing this all for free? We're powered by love. Hola, Americanos. Happy 4th of July. Happy Independence Day. Oh my goodness, it's a Loftus Party podcast. It's the big show. Liberty Gypsy, what's going on? You feeling you feeling the uh the the gypsy patriotism over there? Of course I am. It's the original Brexit. The original Brexit. You were sitting on that one. I you was were ready sitting to unload. I am. Yes. Yes. Reading some Texas. great some great civil war sto- or excuse me, revolutionary war stories on uh Twitter with people like sharing their their uh, genealogy and stories they heard from from family members and stuff about what their their particular relatives did actually kind of interesting. It's yeah, I'm I'm always so jealous of that. Oh, there we go. Uh, I'm always so jealous of that. My my wife's family, they can trace theirs all the way back to uh, some dude was serving with uh, General Washington. Yep, uh, we can trace ours back on my mother's side up to somebody who helped roll the cannon up uh, with Ethan Allen at Fort, Fort Ticonderoga. My family over in Ireland for all of that. <laughs> my Eating family not, wasn't here. They weren't here for uh, all, all the slavery, <laughs> yeah. all the bloodshed. We kind of came in late. Here's what we. Here's what the Irish do. They're like, "Are you all settled in there? Do you have it figured out?" Like, "Yeah, it's good. We just need some people. We'll be coming over now. Then, what's for dinner? Do you have any whiskey?" Yeah, my dad's Fourth of July. My dad's family had some folks that came over here on what like was akin to walkabouts from England. So they were running around, but they skedaddled when things got crazy. So dad's family came over, yeah, dad's family came over, you know, late 1800s, close to 1900, Um, mom's fam was here way before that. Yeah, it's, uh, that'd be great to find out your your ancestors were confronted with, hey, you guys, we're going to fight, we're going to start a revolution in this country and fight for our freedom, and your ancestors were like, well, you know what, good luck with that, we're going back to England. We're going back to England. We'll be back when y'all are settled. Yep. Yep. Uh, uh, I'm in it for the barbecue and the fireworks. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love the fireworks. It is my favorite. I'm going to take some video this year of the neighborhood fireworks here in Long Island. Yeah, Do you know you when they last start? Year they were crazy. 
They started last night. <laughs> last, I'm not kidding you. I'm telling my my uh, my neighbor Wayne and his wife, really cool people. I'm like, hey, are you guys from here? They're like, oh no. I'm like, you're in for a treat. The fireworks are nuts. It's going to be crazy. I've got to get it on video. I'll put it on the Loftus party. I'll put it on the YouTube channel. I, I've never seen anything like it. Just in terms of just blocks and blocks and blocks. An entire neighborhood is like, I got that beat. Shaboom! Kabang! Kabrash! It's the best thing ever. I thought it's fireworks the, were illegal in New York. They are, but every <laughs> other person is either a retired cop or retired fireman. Oh, so that they know okay. what they're doing. No one's going to rat on anybody. Mm -hmm. Snitches get stitches. Everybody's going to be kind of responsible. If a fire starts, they'll put it out. Somebody might lose a finger. It it happens. Uh, <laughs> however, it's fantastic. And yes, I do. My, my neighbor, uh, I'm, I'm outing him right now. My neighbor Wayne confessed to me that he has some fireworks that he'd like to set off. He didn't know if that was cool. I'm like, oh, dude, it's very cool. And I have some too. So I will be participating. Yeah, no. I love when the tribe lived in upstate New York, that was that was the big deal, right? When we went to uh, Myrtle Beach for, you know, spring break or whatever, we would buy all the illegal fireworks and sneak them back into the state and do fireworks for the whole neighborhood. Sorry, Dad, just outed you. It's great. It's mm -hmm. it's wonderful. Just be responsible about it. Of course, and I I don't do this uh, when I'm in California because that's that's just a death. Uh, everything <laughs> it's kindling out there right now. Even though right. we had all this rainfall. Oh, and you know what? And, and on on the show, I always like to talk about what's working and what's going right. This is a, this is great news uh, for California and their drought. When I was home recently, I'm driving uh, the one the 101 to the 134, headed towards Pasadena from the valley, and they are constructing a new reservoir right uh, very close to uh, ABC and Disney. It's like right across the freeway there. And the, and the people in in Southern California should be celebrating that. That's the best news ever. They're going to hold on to more of the water, so that's great. There's a drought, and then the Lord says, "Well, here's record rainfall, everybody," and like, oh, we don't have any place to store it. So they're building a new reservoir, which is fantastic news. That's fantastic news for sure. It really is, and that's. Uh, I'm all about solutions. It's mm -hmm. not all gloom and doom. I understand where everybody has to – you get more uh, You get more clicks. You get more attention if you go, oh, those guys are doing this, and it's the worst thing ever since the history of ever. But uh, happy 4th of July. Have a good one. I'm going to be – it's going to be a weird one for me. I am uh, going to be here alone. I got a bunch of stuff that I need to do, a bunch of exciting things, a bunch of not-so-exciting things. However, I love the 4th of July. And I miss my family terribly. It is – it's probably – Christmas is better. No one's going to beat Christmas, but 4th of July is pretty awesome. And I, and I can't say this enough, and this is part of my stand-up show. Oh, that's what I was going to say. What we need to do is we need to take those clips. I'm having my lawyers look at it to, to see if we can use these clips. I think we can. I think it's reverted back to being my property, the, the show that I did for the History Channel. Okay. Well, we do have the eighteen twelve wrap up. Yeah, that that's that was kind of fun and funny, and I was just kind of I, I thought a music video would be fun to kind of break mm -hmm. just the monotony of me being on stage talking about history. However, uh, the War of eighteen twelve stuff that's mm -hmm. where that's where our national anthem comes from. That's where all this, and I can't say this enough. Uh, and I, I'd love to have the clips on the loftusparty dot com and all that good stuff. However. 
as a kid, I would always think, wow, these these fireworks, they, they don't mean anything. They mean everything. They mean everything. The rockets, the bombs bursting in air, the rockets right there, all that. That was like brand new technology. That was like the yep. equivalent of an intercontinental ballistic missile. The dude who wrote our national anthem witnessed this assault, this bombardment with these new things called rocket. It just went on and on and on for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. It was a terrifying assault on America by the British, and we survived. So the fireworks mean something. It is an awesome display. Uh, however, it's <laughs> people are like, hey, we're American, man. Let's celebrate by blowing stuff up as long as we survive. That's the key. Keep your fingers. <laughs> keep your fingers. Survive. Keep your finger and keep your fingers. And remember, um, I've seen now the memes are coming out. Mm-hmm. Don't put the Roman candle in your pants Don't. and wave it around like it's your wiener. Uh, Roman candle. Roman candles don't go down your pants. Sparklers do not go in buttholes mm-hmm. unless you are Kathy Griffin. <laughs> then you can do whatever you want. Wow. That was actually one of your suggestions to her, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah. To put a sparkle in her butthole and, and two cartwheels. Yep. Yep. That should be her big comeback. Yes. <laughs> she was actually she was actually um <clears throat> hitting Donald Trump today for punching down. I think that's just because her punch up was so disastrous, but that's just me. Okay, so this marks the the beginning of the show right here, because now we're into some meat and potatoes on it. We got we got the media going crazy. We do. We're gonna, we got them. Uh, we got people leaving CNN. Uh, Trump just tweeted out this morning, and I guess he already took it down. Oh, he Was, took it uh, down. Yeah, yeah, he deleted the tweet, and everybody's like, he deleted it, but I grabbed it, you know. And oh, he's a, it's the official presidential tweet, so Congress will hold on to that. Hey, just a heads up, everybody, they're saving all of our tweets. Oh yeah, all of our. All of our tweets are, All of your are being Facebook recorded. Posts. Yep. Everything. Yes. Mm-hmm. So uh Donald Trump's in, wanna, in what? You want to talk about completely dystopian. Um imagine the imagine the uh the uh fodder that Mark Zuckerberg would have on everybody in this country if he actually ran for president. Uh <laughs> That would be terrifying. That's like, I can never remember the name of the 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 movie. It's not. Was it Minority Report? The Some, the Tom Cruise. Yeah, Tom yeah. Cruise, uh, Steven Spielberg. Mm-hmm. I think that was uh, it. Yes, and how the the billboards had retinal scanning technology, and they would do an ad just for you. Mm-hmm. We're already halfway there. We're already halfway there. Yeah, yeah Mark Zuckerberg. If you wanted to run for president. I tell you what, it's like the Spider-Man thing. With with great power comes great responsibility. And the fact that he's even toying around with the idea of uh, running for president should terrify everybody. Uh, Going to truck stops in Iowa? Well, he's he's messing around with it. And they just celebrated, what do they have, 2 billion people now on Twitter? Uh, Or on on Facebook? On Facebook, something. Yeah, they sent me a a personalized thank you card. And what was really terrifying about that was... All the people I legitimate – I mean I, I I have like 5,000 friends on Facebook. I don't know 4,822 of them, mm-hmm. right? It's just more for trading ideas and politics and articles and things like that. Um, 
the, the, the video they sent me, all of the people in that bucket that I do truly care about showed up in the video. Yes. How do they know? Yeah. How do they know? The algorithm, you've spent more time looking at that picture than you do with other pictures. You've clicked on that. More people have responded to it. I'm sure it's just – it's got to be some kind of basic math. I, I got that same one uh, the other day and finally looked at it. Yeah. Hey, we got two billion people in to celebrate. We've edited together a little video just for you. Uh-huh. And it was like a little slideshow, and they it were was. dead on. Yeah. It was, it was terrifying. Like yes. <laughs> And it was dead on. Yes. Our artificial intelligence looked at your life and thought, this is what you should remember. Yes. That dude should not be uh, allowed to become president. I don't know who said it first. I learned it from Batman, and I'm not even kidding. Uh, (laughs) Who watches The Watchers? It's a – I don't know if it's it's – Socrates or Plato, somebody who listens to the cast will turn me on to it. But I heard it from Batman in a cartoon. Hey, it's an important concept. It doesn't matter where you heard it. It's a super important concept. Who's in charge of Mark Zuckerberg? Nobody is. He's got no one one, uh, policing that dude, and he's got a very big uh, thing. It's like right now, media is saying about President Trump is like, oh, he's trying to stop us, and it's our journalistic duty to bing, bang, boom, which would be awesome, and I entirely agree with them. I'm let me be uh, completely honest about this. Yes, we need uh, journalists. That is the thing that that makes us wonderful. One of the things that makes us a wonderful society that people uh, report the facts and they let us know what's really going on. Here's the problem. It's all just opinion now. I know we've said it on this show a bunch. Uh, what's what's the stat? Uh, the networks, the the CNN, ABC, NBC, MSNBC, blah blah blah. They spent three hundred and fifty five minutes attacking President Trump, just straight up personal attacks. Three hundred fifty five minutes, one minute on tax reform. So I think you can see that there's a bias in there. You Maybe you have to be able little. to just a teeny teeny just bit. A teeny. They make it sound like they make it sound like Trump has sent the National Guard to shut down the CNN offices. That's what that's what just is, is the funny thing in all this. These these quote unquote journalists like I'm going to soldier on because we are the gatekeepers of truth. And like and yeah, and you've been asleep at the switch. You need to. Oh, it's 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 rich. It's rich. So Trump tweeted the WWE thing where he's they they took out. Uh, what is it, uh, Ed McMahon or the what, Vince McMahon's head? They right. took out Vince McMahon's head and they replaced it with the CNN logo, and they got Trump slamming him. And they they've turned that funny little thing. It's just a funny little. Should the president have tweeted it? No. However, that th- now it's like the president's trying to incite violence. The president wants people to attack. No, no, that he, that was just a a funny little tweet. That uh, he shouldn't have done. Well, and uh, let's be honest about what the WWE is, right? The WWE, I mean, he didn't really pummel Vince McMahon. That was theater, right? But it looked real. It but, looked, I'm just playing but devil's most advocate of the here. WWE, it, it looked real and it frightens me as a journalist. The WWE is well choreographed fun where they just happen to knock people down and put them in fake chokeholds, et cetera, et cetera. 
you know, was there maybe an analogy there if you're a thinking person that he's he's kicking some fake news because CNN has taken quite a few hits in the last week? Yes, it's not a call to arms. It's not no. a call like go out there and body slam a journalist, not break somebody's glasses. It was a funny little metaphor. And if if CNN had a leg to stand on, if Donald Trump just did this out of out of the clear blue sky, they might have a, a case. They might he might be able to entertain it for a second. But like literally when three reporters have to resign because literally fake news, like literally fake news. Yeah. I mean, they resigned in problem. lieu of being fired. Yes. Is what happened. It wasn't like, oh, you know what? We made a mistake. We'll just bow out. No. Oh, and it's and it's and it's not just CNN. Uh, the New York Times just retracted. Everybody loved uh, everybody loved to say all 17 intelligence agencies, all 17. You search that up. Everybody. Joe Biden was saying that Hillary Clinton was saying that all 17 intelligence agencies uh, say that Russia hacked all 17, all 17. And the New York Times, they thought they'd be able to do it very quietly and they'd they'd bury it in the classified section. They retracted it. They're like, yeah, we looked into that and it wasn't all 17. It was only four said maybe. <laughs> but that's just it. Like nobody talks about the retractions. And, and it's like it's it's beyond a game now. Where, where CNN and the New York Times and the Washington Post, they can just run these stories and then go a couple days later, oh, yeah, yeah, sorry, we were wrong about that. After well, a while, after you make all those mistakes repeatedly, repeatedly, you have an agenda. And now I'm, I'm so happy we have a president who's calling him out on it. Bravo. Bravo, sir. Bravo. Well, and I mean not only did they have to uh... – walk three reporters out the door um project veritas got to talk to some of their staff and you know again it it's like the what the jonathan grubering of america yes i mean they're talking to a supervising producer in atlanta who basically says there is nothing to this trump russia thing it gets us ratings when he backed out of the climate accord we spent a day covering that, and then it was like, nope, back to Russia, kids. Russia gets us ratings. Yeah, and that That's was from Zuckerberg. News. That was That's from the, the owner. That's theater. Precisely. Precisely. Van and then Jones Van Jones. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's a nothing burger. Really? Have here's you the, watched here's... your own segments? And it's like when you watch those clips, those Project Veritas clips, it just confirms what you already know. Mm -hmm. the, the more disturbing thing to me – Van Jones saying it's a nothing burger. First of all, I'm done with no nothing burger. Second of all, the most disturbing thing is when Van Jones comes out, he shakes uh, the the photographer's hand. He's like, hey, man, what's up? Good to see you. It's like there's like some kind of friendship there a little bit that whoever had the hidden camera just completely threw him under the bus. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad they did, but that. That's going to be – so they move in the same social circles, and it's going to be super awkward the next time. Hopefully they're, they're recording that. They're re hopefully, <laughs> mean, hopefully they'll record the next meeting between Van Jones and the guy who had the hidden camera. Well, you know, some of that is a put-on too. If somebody acts like they know you, you pretend they, that you know them. You know oh, that. Oh, that's the most terrifying moment as an entertainer. The <laughs> most terrifying moment 
is when you're at it's you're after a show, you're after you're you're done with a TV taping, and then this this person comes up and goes, "Hey, how's it going?" Like, and they like they know you, and you're flipping through your mental Rolodex, and you're like, "I have zero clue, zero clue." Uh huh. It didn't look like that's what Van was doing, unless well, he's just a fantastic liar. Um, well, he's a socialist. Uh, you know, I don't. <laughs> Here's the deal, and and this is uh, this is what I think Van Jones really is. I just think Van Jones wants to be powerful. I don't even think he's really a socialist. You don't? No, because he's too smart. At a certain point, he's an educated man, mm-hmm. and so he's a man of logic and reasoning. And you you could just you could just go down the checklist, you know, of of Russia, China, Cuba, Venezuela, all these you know, failed states. China's hanging in there because because of Hong Kong and they got mm-hmm. just enough capitalism. They got just enough capitalism at just the right time. To to stop However, a revolt. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm sure I think Van Jones ultimately uh is a hypocrite. He worships at the altar of hypocrisy. He just wants to be famous and he just wants to be rich. But Same socialism thing with Bernie socialism would not stop him from being famous and rich. He's already exactly. part of the elite Right. So so he doesn't really like socialism. He likes what it's going to get him. Well, he might like socialism knowing that he's not going to be affected by it. He might think it's better for everyone else. Well, ultimately, that's what they all think. Exactly. Ultimately. Yeah. And I uh, we've said it before and I'll say it again. The some pigs or some animals are more equal than others. And the people who do well under socialism are the people who get to decide what's fair. Mm hmm. That's what you always have to be on guard. Like who's and it comes right back to Batman. Who's watching the Watchers when you have this giant, uh, you know, federal bureaucracy government telling you this is what you can do and this is what you can't do? It's all, it's all just uh, it's it's terrifying. Not a lot of comedy there, and I want to get into that a little bit more uh, later. I want to stay on this whole media thing. Uh, Sarah Palin, the delicious, delightful Sarah Palin. I only have one beef with her, and that's don't let your kids stand on a dog. I'm still – I find that disturbing. However, I'm, I can't wait for her, this lawsuit with the New York Times. I, I think she's every bit justified to do it. I mean at this point, she's a private citizen. Does she have a public persona? Yes. But I mean the story, the editorial that they wrote in the New York Times incorporated a story that was debunked when it happened. Yes. Now I think that's where they'll get out of it. I think that I think this is where the New York Times has a case. We're like, well, these these are just like uh, editorials, and uh, that's that person's opinion. Literally, that's it's like an opinion piece. However, uh, where Sarah Palin has the case. And just for in case you've been living under uh, a rock or you've actually been busy with a life and you're not like this uh, political comedy vampire like we are, they uh, after uh, after the Republican baseball team got shot up, the New York Times editorial, somebody wrote a piece where, yeah, it's bad, but it's not as bad. And I'm I'm totally paraphrasing here and I might be way off. They pretty much said, yeah, but it's not as bad as when uh, Sarah Palin was personally responsible uh, for getting Gabby Gifford shot. So they kind of like held her they, – they said she's guilty of doing this thing in the court of public opinion when there is no basis in fact for that. 
that at all. Like I was a nut job. He was completely obsessed with Kathy Gifford. He never even saw anything but from Sarah Palin or off of her, off her website, whatever. So now Sarah Palin's uh, suing. But the New York Times is going to say it's an editorial, blah blah blah, and then she's going to go, "Well, you actually have, you have to, you can't just let, you can't just say anything in an editorial." No, you can't. You can't defame somebody. You can't libel them, even if it's an editorial. You can't. For example, um, I could say I think Michael Loftus is a real whack job. I can't say you're mentally ill. Yes. You know, you you can't assign something to someone that is untrue. You can say I think this or, you know, make it your opinion. But the way the New York Times wrote that, it wasn't really written like opinion. Well, and this goes straight to the uh, Donald Trump, Mika, and Joe fight on Morning Joe. And if and, and this is when I love this is when I love the this show and being on record as saying this. I've always been delight. I always love to watch Morning Joe because it's just such a delightful train wreck. I mean, it is like it is like Dynasty. Now there's there's sex in there because Joe and Mika are a thing, and there's his rock and roll career. Don't make me beg. Don't. And now there's it's 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 wonderful. So I watched the show, and for weeks and weeks and weeks, completely irresponsible. They've just been saying the president's crazy. Like you can you can find clips of Joe Scarborough. This is a man who's out of touch. This is a man who's losing his mind, and it's just getting worse. And you've got Mika almost crying because he is insane. They are literally – they're not going in our opinion. I mean it is their opinion, but they're saying it like it's fact. This is is the work of a madman. This is a a work of a man who's out of – and – They've done it for weeks and weeks and weeks, and uh, man, Trump hit back. <laughs> he hit back. I'm not a fan of the, uh, you know, her bad facelift was bleeding everywhere, just because that's uh, that just grosses me out. Uh, however, he did give Mika uh, a nickname. He calls her Dumb as a Rock Mika, which is hilarious to me. It's Crazy Joe Scarborough. And dumb as a rock, Mika. <laughs> but I mean, do you remember back during the primaries when they were propping him up and giving him all sorts of positive press on their show? I remember a couple of instances in that. I can remember where I think Joe Scarborough, because I've been watching the show for a while. I go Fox and Friends, and then I go back to Morning Joe. I go back and forth because it, it's it's entertaining. It's 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 like table tennis. Mika was very anti-Trump. Joe was kind of anti-Trump. And then I think he saw an opening. Word on the street is Joe was thinking maybe I could be a VP. I think he was making a play behind the scenes to be VP. So Joe decided to play nice and he got Mika to play nice. Then I can't remember what Trump did or he was accused of doing. Mika went back to being anti-Trump. And there's, that's when they, you had some good sparks going. She's like, how can you defend him? How can you defend him? And, you know, and Joe's trying to get into her pants. And, and so he's kind of has to backpedal. And into the administration. It's a balancing act. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and right. So that was the fun little awkward soap opera of it all. And, uh, and then now 
I guess uh, Joe got in there and got him some. So now he's and and obviously he's not a uh, vice president. You every once in a while Hannity will let one slip about uh, Joe Scarborough. And uh, yeah, how how Joe would uh, ask Sean Hannity for help. I just want to go back to Fox. I want to be back on Fox. Can you ask somebody? And it's just all, you know, it happens, but it's it's just awkward when you shine a light on it. You know, it's like going into somebody's house and finding a roach. <laughs> right. It's just it's all the maneuvering. But I mean, I don't I believe that Mika turned with that whole NBC video from The Apprentice and grab your you know what, um, if I remember the timing of it. But I mean, they were not nearly as as ant- anti-Trump as they are now, like as a complete show. Like that is like they talk. Other than- they talk a lot of smack when he's not around. And then the, I saw a clip. I saw a clip this morning mm-hmm. where they're talking about Joe and Mika. They were nice to Trump, and they have him on the air, and they're all buddy buddy. And that's how it really is. And I, I guess there's going to be more information coming out, like Joe and Mika hanging out at Mar-a-Lago. Yeah, and no, I think that that's was why, that was that's in why his Trump tweet. is so pissed off. Yeah. That was in his tweet that they came to Mar-a-Lago, and so I I don't think that's a secret anymore. But I and I don't you know I don't read the National Enquirer. I don't, and I'm not going to start. <laughs> it just feels icky. But supposedly now there's some fight between Jared Kushner and Joe Scarborough because something either did or is going to come out in the Enquirer and. Jared Kushner either held it over Joe Scarborough's head or Joe Scarborough begged him to get it taken out. I don't even know the story, but apparently now it's all revolving around the National Enquirer. Well, here's the way I heard it. Joe needed a favor from Trump or was going to ask Trump to like, hey, stop doing something, whatever. It was like a a personal thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he reached out to Jared Kushner and Jared Kushner told Joe, like, maybe you should, I don't know, talk to Donald, uh, tell him you're sorry, and then ask him for the favor. And now Joe Scarborough's making it sound like I was being blackmailed. (laughs) Jared Kushner tried to blackmail me. Okay, whatever. Okay, whatever. Sounds like he was just maybe giving you some good coaching there, Joe, to get what you wanted. (laughs) It is, it is really terrifying to watch just how these are just people they are just people and then you try they try to manipulate you this way manipulate you that way and these guys have their talking points and they have their talking points and uh it's they're they're not the the brightest of folks well no but they're they're used to getting away with it yes and that's Mm -hmm. and that's the that's the wonderful thing about uh about donald trump if well, you ask wasn't, me. Wasn't it Mika? I believe it was Mika that got caught on a hot mic at one point during the election saying we're supposed to tell them what to think. Oh, yeah. Like her she audience? Might, she, yeah. Yeah. She, yeah, Mika. She, sure. Sure, babe. <laughs> it, it's uh, – I was watching uh, – I always want to call it Media Matters. Media Cheryl Buzz. Atkinson, yeah, Media Buzz. Cheryl Atkinson was on and it was just so funny to watch. Uh, as uh, you know, Howie Kurtz is like, so the media and they're responsible and is has Donald Trump go too far and he is attacking the media and blah, blah, blah. And and Cheryl, the wonderful thing about her, 
she's not like crazy. She doesn't talk with her hands. She's not super uh, expressive. She's almost like a Vulcan in a way from Star Trek, which is what you want in a really uh, in, a, in a reporter. Like she she follows logic and reason. She doesn't flip out. And she goes, well, you know, the CNN reporters, one of them was a Pulitzer Prize winner and they should know better than t- there was three reporters on the story. Not one of them could find another source to say it. Uh, to for that to get through, for someone to even suggest this is a story defies the laws of just basic journalism. So to say that there's not an agenda there just goes against everything that anybody ever learns in in journalism school. And they, they looked at they looked at her like she was from Mars. They looked at like like Cheryl Zach Cheryl Atkinson's like just hey here's an idea. Maybe we could just do like basic journalism. And they looked at her like she was crazy. And that's and that's the other one. Like uh, Trump and Sean Spicer and those guys are like, you know what? No more cameras. You guys can run audio. And they act like it's the end of the world. And the wonderful thing, and whether it's by happenstance or whether it's I really don't think he's that brilliant. I just think Donald Trump is an emotionally intelligent guy. He's emotionally intelligent, and he just gets things that most politicians wouldn't. They'd overthink it in paralysis of analysis. But by turning the cameras off, what it does is it highlights what a shit show these press conferences are because the reporters are they're, – they're literally – I'm going to ask this question that I know I'm not going to get the answer to, but it's going to be a good piece of video that I can use to further my career. Mm-hmm. It's it's that's all it is. And for those of you uh, listening, and hopefully there's new people, uh, Bill Clinton did it. Okay, so this is not something that that Donald Trump invented. Clinton was like, you know, we're just going to go audio only. And then you talk to old school reporters. I was watching Britt Hume the other night saying this. He's like, if you actually have a good question, a really good question and a really solid story that you're working on, you would never ask it in the White House press uh, briefing because it's going to blow the lid off your story. You would actually like, oh, I'm going to blow the lid off the EPA. So you're not going to ask that question at the press briefing. You're going to pick up the phone and call the White House and, hey, who's in charge of the the thing, the the bing bong boom at the EPA? They go, oh, that's bing bang bing, uh, this guy. Why? Oh, no reason. I just wanted to talk to him. And then you call bing bang boom and you work on your story and you blow the lid off it and you expose, hopefully, God forbid, the truth. But this whole it's the end of democracy because there's no video. That Jim Acosta guy from oh CNN, what a douchebag. What a whining, douchebag. Whining, whining, whining. Well, because, you know, if there's no cameras, really ugly, overweight, smart people can sit in the White House press corps and do a better job. <laughs> and and the, and the press briefing, like, and, and Britt Hume was great. And he was super eloquent about it. it it's literally, it's literally this happened yesterday, and here's what our day is going to be today. At 8 o'clock, the president's going to do this. At 9 o'clock, we're going to do that. At 10 o'clock, this will be happening. Uh, they're not going to go, uh, what, what, are the secret, uh, what are the secret codes to the, to the nukes? Uh, excuse me? I demand we should know what the co- – like, I'm not going to give you the codes to the nuke. Oh, you're hiding. They're hiding the codes. Wow. You can blow it up uh, any way you want, but uh, – it's uh, democracy's not dying because the cameras are off. 
the White House press briefings. And here's the thing. They had originally talked about reducing the frequency of the press briefings and a lot of other things. They're still happening. The information is still available for you to report. Um, It's just not going to be a dog and pony show anymore, which is basically what it turned into. Yes, uh, that's all it is. People getting up on a soapbox. Look at me. Look at me. I'm a social justice warrior. He won't answer the question. He's being evasive. Democracy dies in darkness. Now, democracy dies when reporters are more uh, they care more about their own personal fame than they do uh, getting the truth. And he, here's something that, that that occurred to me the other day that I think gets gets lost on everybody. Gets mm-hmm. gets lost on everybody. Like Bill Crystal still hates Donald Trump. Like still despises Donald Trump. And there are still a boatload of never Trumpers in the conservative movement. Mm-hmm. And this is why. <laughs> and this just it, it I find it so ironic and delicious and funny and wonderful. These very uh, liberal, progressive thinking reporters who are doing their very best to tear down this presidency should really think twice if they want to tear down the presidency of the first Republican ever who's like, we're going to socialize medicine. And the first Republican president ever who's like, no, uh, gay marriage, I'm, I'm signing off on that. That's a state issue. Gay people are awesome. Like, this is the most liberal-friendly president in, who's come out of the, the Republican Party ever in the history of ever. They should, they should really be bending over backwards to lick his balls. Well, I mean, they should at least be putting some focus on the things he does that does align with their agenda. I mean, you know, all of the stuff he was talking about with his daughter Ivanka on the trail, you know, um, child care and maternity leave and these types of things. Number one, they're not just important to liberal Democrats, I would say. They're also important to this really neat subset of folks called millennials. Well, um, the, the big the big point is he's super liberal for right. a for a Republican president. It's as liberal as liberal gets. Oh, like dude, what, during what the acceptance doing? speech during the acceptance speech at the RNC, I'm sitting here going, I feel like I'm at the DNC. What are we talking about here? You know, I mean, it was so, yeah. really very liberal. Someone needs to remind these people of just how insanely. Uh, liberal his policies are, and that's why you have uh, the, the the Bill Crystals of the world and people of that ilk who are like the guy's a train wreck. He's a train wreck. <laughs> they hate him. They hate him. They got to stop him though. He's a monster. Oh, uh, so with healthcare, um, I guess Bernie has his own solution now. Yeah, I don't shock me. Color me shocked. It's got to be single payer. It's going to be. Oh, it's going to be. He's going to announce it. I can't wait to see. Uh, the Republicans are all on uh, vacation now. Bernie says he's going to announce his plan after uh, the GOP plan go- goes down in flames. I'm so I'm so perplexed by the whole health care thing. Uh, you don't you don't even want to know my answer is just get out of it. Just get, get out, out of it all together. Get, get out of it all together. And if you think. If you are listening to this show, first of all, I don't think you want socialized medicine, would be my guess. 
But if you think you might, or that it's a good idea, or the government should run your health care, I encourage you to Google Charlie, Charlie, Gard, G-A-R-D. If that doesn't change your mind, I don't know what will. That is, um, we try to do funny, we try to, we try to be light. There is... Uh, there's no pot of gold at the end of the uh, Charlie Guard rainbow. No, Here, here's a little kid who's what? He's ten he's a baby, old. ten, ten months, months old. old. Mm-hmm. Some wacky, crazy disease has him. I don't know why the government uh, in the UK is not going to let him. Oh, and here's the other thing. They want to bring him to America mm-hmm. for some experimental treatment. Our, our wacky ass... Uh, I'm being uh, sarcastic here. Our wacky ass, it, it doesn't work for anybody. Our horrible system of medicine, where do people want to come from? When crazy shit happens in the world, when somebody's like, oh my God, you've got Ebola, they don't go run into Canada. They don't go, I'm, I'm going to go to Switzerland for some, I don't, I'm, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to Cuba for that great, no, they go to America. So the parents want to bring this kid, Charlie, to America, and somehow the British government says no. What, how in the hell does that happen? Um, the way I understand it is the doctors at this renowned children's hospital in the UK mm. took the parents to court to stop them from taking the child for this treatment and seek uh, permission to end his life support. But why? I, I, that's the thing. That there's a really big hunk of the story missing here. If, actually, if, it, it, actually, if you stop and think about it, this is a unique case. His parents had raised the money to bring him here, so it's not a resource issue, right? The parents could have afforded it without help from the state. Under normal circumstances, the family or the patient would be seeking help from the state. So this is actually, <clears> from what <throat> I understand, not unusual for doctors to try to end or stop treatment in Britain. The The question I'm asking, though, mm-hmm. is how does... How does Britain say you're no longer his parents, you have no rights? Are they saying that by putting him on a plane, you're hurting him? Pretty much. It's not going to help. It's not going to work. It's, it's, it's false hope. So let's just end it. Well, I tell you, and that's the wonderful thing about America right here. Because if you've got money, you can chase down some serious false hope. Well, and but that's how that's how it works on our side of the hope. pond. You can have hope. And you can at least try. Well, my friend Sam Simon, uh, before he passed away, he was in touch with some wackadoodle doctor somewhere, and he did have a spark of hope that, okay, if I'm if I survive this uh, next few months, and if I can get a little bit better, then I can go see this doctor. So why not have that hope? What's wrong with hope? Isn't that that's too funny? And it's 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 hilarious that everything that the left is accusing the right of, everything the left accuses Donald Trump and the Republicans of, it's the thing that – like they, they love, oh, socialized medicine. Why can't we be more like England? Because I don't want to be like England. No, I don't want to be like England where now the state thinks that they have the right to stop this baby from going home with his parents. To yes, pass away. It um, is like 1984. I don't it is want to like, be like Orwell's 84. Canada's health minister came here for care for breast cancer. <laughs> Their health minister. Yes, they have they have lotteries in like Ottawa 
to to try to raise money to buy a new like cat scan machine so they can actually do cat scans. You know? uh, nobody wins in that system. It, nobody, it, wins. nobody wins. You can go you can get your teeth cleaned anything. and stuff. Anything. No. No. Uh it's it's too funny. It was Canada Day the other day. And man, they really I would be I would be bummed out if I was Canadian. I really would because it's like, hey, like you're known for being polite and saying a and it's all like happy Canada Day. And there was it was like a you know a, a cute little beaver hanging off the American or hanging off a Canadian flag, like zero sex appeal and all of that. Like no, um, no fireworks. No, they have really they they really don't have anything. <laughs> they don't they don't they don't really do anything. They just kind of hang out. Like if if you like Canada, they're they're coming in at a buck fifty. You know we're a little over two hundred. We're, so, I'm sorry, I'm, we are exceptional. We're so much better. We're so. They Apparently have the same. We're a lot more fun too. We oh, oh my gosh, and we've got a sizzle. America's got a sizzle. Like like you'll see chicks in red, white, and blue thong bikinis, and shits blowing up, and there's guns, and there's Chevys, and there's apple pie, and they're like, we're a cute little beaver hanging off of a. Of a maple leaf. It's like you guys don't do anything. And I know they were there for us in World War II, and they sent people, and they're very brave, blah, blah, blah. They got no space program. They don't even have a privatized space program. They have all the same resources we do. It's really hilarious. They they, do they have, are. They do have some kick-butt snipers, though. Oh, that guy just sent a world record? Yeah. The one before him was Canadian, too. It's because there's so much room up there, they get lots of practice. Well, that's wonderful, and I, and I I know it's a beautiful country, and I know the people are great. However, just as a, a, a as an experiment, we told one country: if you invent something, you'll get fabulously wealthy. They'll, we'll call them America. The other country, we will call them uh, Canada, and they'll have socialized medicine and highly regulated banks. Now, the upside is. Uh, we have Chevys and we have cars and we have uh, spaceships and we have rock and roll and all this great thing. Now, we did have uh, the Great Depression, right? So uh, right. Eh, yeah. every once in a while you get smacked inside the head. Yeah. Which, okay, so Canada didn't have that. We went to Vietnam. They, eh, we had people who were hit up there. I would prefer the ups and downs of America rather than this like static flat line I'm just kind of drifting through life existence of a Canadian. Well, you know, we did have a little bit of Canada in our poll this week. Do tell. Do tell. What was the question? Well, apparently Chad Kroger from Nickelback, Canadian. <laughs> oh, those poor souls. I'm, those I'm not going to pile on Nickelback. I'm and, really not. And uh, he had said that Slipknot was the Kentucky Fried Chicken of alternative rock. And apparently Slipknot uh, responded, so there was a little Twitter tiff going on, and Smash Mouth got involved, and the whole nine yards. (laughs) Oh, my God! (laughs) Seriously, Smash Mouth, like, chimed in? Yeah. Talk about a band that should not chime in. Like, when (laughs) when Nickelback and Slipknot are going at it, and you're Smash Mouth, you just kind of hide. It's like when when there was the big war— uh, between Conan O'Brien and Jay Leno about who was going to take over the Tonight Show, mm-hmm. a- and uh, that one dude Carson Daly just shut his pie hole. All he <laughs> did 
was shut his pie hole. I'm just going to sit here. Mm-hmm. It's the Carson. Yes, I'm going to sit here and do nothing. So, so Slipknot and Nickel, Nickelback. That's fantastic. Yeah, they got they got into it, and uh, then Smash Mouth got involved. Oddly enough, it was a tweet from somebody who I guess was thinking both Slipknot and Nickelback were kind of irrelevant, and asked what Smash Mouth thought, and that's when Smash Mouth got involved because they didn't understand the joke. Oh God! It was great. So we asked the folks in and around the Loftus party who they would like to see in a Twitter cage match. Okay. And the choices were Kurt Eichenwald versus an octopus. If you don't understand that question, it has to do with him tweeting about tentacle porn. Okay. Okay. You, you got to just – I got to stop you right there. <laughs> Kurt Eichenwald is the guy who you – he goes, I'm an epileptic. If you, if you shoot me a gif of uh, strobe lights, right? Mm-hmm. And he's, he's, he charged somebody with like attempted murder or whatever. Yes. And that's moving forward. What in the heck? Why would Kurt and this and he literally did? He tweeted something about tentacle porn. He tweeted some. He actually tweeted something that linked to anime porn, mm. and people started mocking him, right? Because that's what happens. Like, dude, you tweeted what? <laughs> right? Yeah. So then he was trying to explain why he tweeted that link, and he said he was arguing with he and his children, his grown children. They're not little kids were trying to convince his wife that tentacle porn existed. So he started oh. posting text messages between him and his wife. I mean, this went on for two days. He blocked half a Twitter. I mean, it was, it was bad. You know what? He just I gotta kept take... digging, digging, digging. I got, but if he's just trying to, if he's just trying to prove, prove the existence of tentacle porn, mm-hmm. one tweet should, should solve that. You yeah, know, it, here it, it is. People, you'll you'll be shocked. You'll it, you'll you'll be shocked. Yeah, I didn't look. Well, <laughs> I didn't look. I just saw the exchange. I, I'm an I'm an anime guy, mm-hmm. and yes, that that stuff is out there. A, a friend of mine, a, a good friend of mine, used to write on this show uh, on Nickelodeon called The Fairly Odd Parents. Oh, I my kids loved that show. Yeah, the guy the guy who does uh, the voice of Cosmo in that mm-hmm. uh, is a really good dude. I've, I've worked with Tara Strong before. She's super funny. Anyway, I'm just name dropping now. It's just stupid. It's beside the point. However, uh, Butch Hartman, the guy who started that show, was delighted one day. He goes, you guys, there's, uh, there's porn of the Fairly Odd Parents online. We've what? made it. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so that's great. one of the ways you know, okay, that we have a real fan base here. People have taken the time to animate our our our, our characters banging, and you can, I mean, it, it, it's all out there. So uh, Kurt Eichenwald is trying to say tentacle porn. So so our choices are, and tentacle porn does exist. And I could get on, I could, I could, I could actually launch into a whole like psychological profile of why I think it does exist. <laughs> Uh, and what the, what the appeal is to that. Okay. However, yes. So I would – a Kurt Eichenwald fight between who? Him and who? Him and an octopus. It's a joke, Michael. Ah. And then – Well, they're on the same side. That's going to be a horrible – that's going to be a horrible <laughs> – that's then, not really a fight because Kurt Eichenwald is like, do you know that there's uh, pornographic images 
of aliens with uh, multi-tentacled, you know, phallic uh, appendages, and they're doing unspeakable things to anime women. And the octopus is going to go, what are you going to do, guy? What are you, you going to do? <laughs> the next one I actually... The next one I actually thought was going to be a lot more popular than it was. Um, Sean Spicier, which is one of the funnier parodies on Twitter. It's not Sean Spicer. Sean Spicier. Sean Spicier. He actually, he ensnares liberals and people on the left all the time. I think most of the blue checks have figured out it's not the real press secretary, but other people have not. And we we thought we would pair him up with Rosie O'Donnell. That see that would be a great fight. Yeah. That so far, so far, okay. Kurt Eichenwald and Octopus, they're on the same side. Uh, they're both into it. Sean Spicier versus uh, Rosie. I would watch that. I would. I would like that. What's and our other choice? Maxine Waters versus Reality. Okay. <laughs> That's going to be the winner. That's my prediction. I have not looked at the results. I'm just speaking from my gut here. In terms of a real fight, it, if this were real, mm-hmm. right, and that's that's the leap I'm going to make, and I'm not going to go for the for the funny thing. I would definitely want to watch a Twitter battle between Sean Spicer and Rosie O'Donnell. I would laugh more. Uh, Maxine Waters versus Reality has got to be your runaway winner, just because she is so uh, wonderfully insane. Such She's a impeach forty five, yeah. impeach forty five, at whatever speech she's mm-hmm. giving. We're here to celebrate the grand opening of this new Dunkin' Donuts. I love Dunkin' Donuts, but like America, it can't all just be donuts. You have to have coffee. Now, black coffee is my favorite. You have to have a little cream in there and a whole lot of sugar, and nothing's as sweet as impeaching 45, impeaching 40, like, whatever. Yes. She'll, she, she'll get it in there. She came in at 54%. 54. She's a runaway winner. Runaway. Her- Kurt came in at 22, and Sean versus Rosie came in at 20 on Twitter. Now, we did have a lot more interaction on this one on Facebook, and we actually had some pretty good, pretty good, uh, pretty good suggestions, I would say. Oh, yeah? Of, yeah, they, they basically want to see Trey Gowdy and anyone. <laughs> Trey Gowdy. You know what? Mm-hmm. I would be on board for that if he didn't just... Uh, Poop the bed on the whole Benghazi thing. I, I'm still very, 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 very let down by that. You see Trey Gowdy on Fox News, and he's letting loose with both barrels, and he's just a good old bang, bang, I'm a lawyer, pow, 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 pow. And then when the cameras came on and she was sitting right there, suddenly he he lost his skills of reasoning. Yeah. Who else did they say? Um. Some folks wanted to see Ben Shapiro and Bernie Sanders. Oh, I'd love that. Wouldn't that be great? I would love that. <laughs> I did see – I've seen Ben Shapiro debate a couple people at Politicon, and, and he's actually pretty funny and pretty good on his feet. Um, yeah, and he's such – God bless his heart. I had him on the flip side. Yeah. Uh, and I was talking to him, and he's just like that little guy that when he was in uh, when he was in high school, I started writing for the school paper. I didn't know this, but my parents actually sent it out to some syndicated places, and the syndicated columnists are like, yes, we did. we actually carry this as a syndicate. So I was actually published by the time I was 14. Then I was in accelerated learning. I mean he is uh, so smart, and he's one of those people, and I don't have it. I don't have that gift of 
you know, in 1962, 47% of the population said they were against squirrel marriage. And then, I mean, like he can just like a gaddling gun of facts. Mm -hmm. That would be a good, that would be a good debate because then Bernie's going to come at you from the emotional angle. It's not fair. I know he says that, but that's a distortion of reality. Ding, ding, ding. And then some people want to see Nancy Pelosi versus any challenger (laughs) in her next election. They just want someone else. Oh, poor Nancy Pelosi. I, I I have a really hard time feeling sorry for her. I, I know. I do too. Mm-hmm. I do too. I, it's but like I think maybe I have too much empathy. I think that that's my problem. It, it's like that that Ossoff guy lost his race. They've lost all these races. Mm-hmm. The the curtain has been that torn makes me away. Smile though. Exactly. It's that that's wonderful. They have no message. They have no message. And I don't see how that's Nancy Pelosi's fault. And then they they put her up on that podium and they're like they they're going to throw you under the bus and sh- and and they're like and then some reporters like why should you stay? And she's just this old lady with these eyes that barely blink and well, I'm a master uh mm, legislator and I'm a uh uh, a master uh and i'm like oh please don't say debater like i it was I, it was so <laughs> horrible and she was just an old lady def- trying to defend her job and oh no, it was no. just awkward it was but it's so, not her fault they have no message that's true but it was so much easier to be angry at her back in 2008 and 2009 before her voice started to shake because you're right when she's oh, I, actually speaking now and that shaking is going on I just oh I I I really 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 was so enraged by that I think it was a Sunday morning and you turn on the news and all of a sudden they're all walking across the street holding hands and in the middle of the night they paid everybody off and here's what drives me crazy and this will probably be uh, my Michael Topia uh, about rewriting history. Mm-hmm. They uh, the they're making the rounds on all the uh, the the morning shows now. Going well, when we did it, we asked all the Republicans to help, and when we did it, we had all these meetings, and they were open door meetings, and like I don't remember any of that. I, I, I don't, don't remember. Either. I remember. These huge num- sit downs where Nancy Pelosi and all the all the guys from the right like, OK, we're going to sit down and talk about health care. No, I remember no. the people from the right going, let us in, let us in, let us in. Why isn't the president talking to us? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then it was rammed down everybody's throat on Christmas Eve 2009. It was Christmas Eve. Yep. And she uh, didn't let him go. But it, you know what? You know what? She didn't let him go. She didn't let him go on their month-long vacation in December. She made him stay. I wish Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell had done the same thing because they all left, and they left a mess. And now we got nothing but Trump tweets to look at for the next month. I'd like to see some progress, guys. I'd like to see some progress. I think there's going to be some stuff done. Uh, I, I Personally, I think it's all a ruse. Uh, and and pe- oh yeah, and people have telephones, and people are going to be in contact, and they're like, hey, we're going to make we're going to take a lot, a lot of heat because we're on vacation. However, I think Paul Ryan and all those guys are going to be working the phones. We'll give you this. If you do that, you do this. Oh, it's got to look like we really tried. It has to look like we really tried. 
Because if you give a huge social program to the masses like this, you can never pull it back. It, it has to fail, and it has to fail uh, in a spectacular, spectacular fashion, mm-hmm. you know, in order to say, okay, we have to really jump in here and do something about this. And then you, you have riots in the street, like, like Britain had not too long ago. We're like, we simply cannot afford this current system. And then, no, 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 they have fights and they march in the street. And that's unfortunately where you have to get. So they have to make it look good. They have to make it look good, like they really tried and they wanted to do this and they want to do that. Uh, and then ultimately, ultimately, hopefully, uh, it will fail. The current bill or Obamacare itself? Uh, Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act, Trump The Care. spider puppy. Uh, the spider puppy. Hopefully all of it uh, will just slowly but surely fail. I, 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 I tell you, you put all these people on Medicare and Medicaid, and that's pretty much what it is as, as I understand it. They're like, hey, you now qualify for this. And it's just all this money's going rolling out the door that we just simply don't have. It's not a it's not an endless supply of money. And so you can have people, hey, some guy, uh, hey, they signed up for Obamacare because they didn't want to pay the extra tax. That doesn't mean they actually can go see their doctor. And then the doctor that they do get doesn't mean he's actually a good doctor. And it doesn't mean the hospital's any good. They go, right. well, yeah, you, ca- you came in for your checkup and uh, we listened to uh, your lungs and you seemed fine. Well, if you would have had an x-ray, well, we, ca- we, we can't have an x-ray machine because the federal government – says you have to fill out form B28 uh, 5A in quadruplicate and we are our our Xerox machine went down and blo- you know it's that's that whole level of bureaucracy Yeah but I mean the VA has failed spectacularly and nobody's screaming to end that And uh, that's the kind of thing that we have to just keep talking about and talking about and then of course you'll find that guy who goes well my uncle uh, was in the military and he went to the VA and he had a lovely time. Okay, that's that's great. Uh, a broken probably, clock is right twice a day. He was probably never sick. <laughs> oh, he he had the, he had the bing bang bing bang. That's the, that's the other thing. And that's like when I I was really like when I did the 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 vlog this week. I was really, you know, it's so predictable. I'm gonna say this, and then the criticism will be that. So you can either get bogged down in like, I'm going to address this little thing. I know you're going to say that. I'll address this. And it's not funny. So you go ahead and you're like, I'm just going to just launch and do a video about we were given this spider puppy that nobody asked for. And then that's what, you know, Twitter lights up with. Who is this retard? And that's great. I love it when they say stuff like that because that's just more ammo for me. Because uh, I've like, I've been approached by people like when I say like retard on stage, I get approached by people like, listen, hey, please don't be like that. Uh, my sister's daughter has Down syndrome. Oh, okay. And so you you get that. So I'm not going to complain about people calling me a retard on Facebook because uh, whatever you're allowed to do that. I just want that's just another one uh, in in my barrel like. Okay, when when you criticize thing, they call me a retard. So now I'm going to call you a retard. Well, not just that. It's the it's the the last vestige of someone who doesn't really have anything to say. Our friend Julian came back four more times, too, and wrote a few more books. Oh, yeah. People keep responding to him. Stop talking to Julian, please. He keeps coming back. That's great. I love it. I love it. I tell you, uh, I'm going to say this before we get into Michael Topia. Uh, which we're going to have to. Uh, 
is that it's been wonderful. I can't. Well, I can. Uh, It's just it continues to to grow in popularity and people are sharing the videos and it's wonderful. So I just want to take a moment uh, to celebrate that. It's fantastic. It's great. We can track the results. Uh, You people are awesome. Thank you so much. It's uh, I don't know how big it's ultimately going to get. However, uh, we're you were here first. Great start. (laughs) Y'all were here first. (laughs) Yep. And there's got to be some perks for those people for being here first. Mm -hmm. Okay, so there's a bunch of wacky, 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 wacky rules that everybody has to follow. But in Michael Topia, it's different. And there's a different set of rules. So let us go to Michael Topia, shall we? Absolutely. What do you got? In Michael Topia, people are very smart. Very smart. And they know that when you're applying for a job and someone wants to check your references, you can't use your mom. What? <laughs> that actually happened to me this week. What happened? Do tell. Oh, I'm recruiting for an open position, trying to help a friend and doing that kind of stuff. And really, really smart young kid, really smart young kid. But one of his references was his mom. Uh, and I didn't well. know it till I had her on the phone. So then I have to actually go through with the interview and just kind of ball it up and put it in the trash. Ah, uh, boy, oh boy. Yeah. Nice kid, though. Good kid. Nice kid. Smart kid, just not smart like that. Okay. Did you give him a second chance? Did you go, do you have maybe Absolutely. another reference that isn't your mom? Absolutely. He had two and the more, response? And they were very good. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. That's great. Well, that's that's something that, that most people – see, this is the thing – it's like it's a thing that you think is basic, but you, ha- you have to keep uh, reteaching it. Okay. Uh, and my Michaeltopia, uh, Michaeltopia history is just history. You don't rewrite it moments later. This whole thing with the Democrats now saying we, we let everybody uh, talk about uh, health care and we had all these – we had an open-door policy and we all sat around and had a ton of meetings. No, that, I, I, that did not happen. You wrote it in in private, you wrote it in secret, and then you just unleashed it. You didn't know what was in it, Nancy Pelosi. So keep your little uh, talking heads off the Sunday shows talking about what a Shangri-La it was and how everybody jumped in and, and threw in their two cents and you came up with this great policy. That's why not a single Republican voted for it, okay? I'll, pick, I'll piggyback to that one. Okay. You are not allowed in Michaeltopia to use – videos of President Barack Obama at town halls regarding Obamacare because he told the two single biggest lies about that program, which if you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. And if you like your plan, you can keep your plan. That certainly wasn't the true uh, in my case. Exactly. I, I, I really uh, genuinely I liked my doctor. I wanted to keep my doctor. And then uh, recently back in L.A., I had to get a new doctor. Because my my old guy said sayonara. So that is it. Have a safe a – safe? what is my problem? Have a safe and happy 4th of July. I hope you had a great one. Um, yeah, have fun. Be smart. Don't put uh, fireworks in your underpants. Uh, don't play the, hey, let's throw the firecracker game because somebody always gets hurt doing that. Mm-hmm. Don't drink too much unless you got somebody there. Who's going to hold your hair? Then just get crazy with it. Then just get crazy with it. What a fun show. We'll have a new poll next week. I love the polls. We'll have a new video to talk about. 
from Facebook. Thanks so much for sharing the vids. Thanks so much for subscribing to the YouTube channel. That's about to get crazy. There's more content. There's more wonderfulness. We'll have to talk about Politicon coming up because that's on the horizon. Until then, sayonara, mi amigos. Talk to you next time. in the books, but also full of memorable <laughs> moments. So who won and who lost? Here to break down his picks, the greatest political analyst, no wait, he's actually a comedian <laughs> and founder of the Loftus Party, Michael Loftus. And you know what? You need some jokes, you need some humor, and that could be some pretty strong political analysis. So Michael, good morning to you. What were your impressions? Good morning. They gotta stop calling these the Democrat debates. They gotta <laughs> call them what they are: the socialist debates, the communist debates. They need they need a completely new name. It's outrageous. It was uh, it, the, the whole thing. It was like two nights of the Muppet reunion. They had everything. They had the two angry old guys from the balcony. Uh, they had the the crazy girl in the band who rubbed crystals. They got Higginlooper, who sounds like we'll Kermit Frog. Look yeah. what I've done in Colorado. Right, Michael, we're it, gonna we're gonna, a, we're gonna run through we a have bunch to. of these. Let's jump in. Yeah, one by one. So the first one we have Swalwell calling on Biden to pass the torch. Take a listen, and then we're gonna get your reaction. I was six years old when a presidential candidate came to the California Democratic Convention and said, it's time to pass the torch to a new generation of Americans. That candidate was then Senator Joe Biden. I'm still holding on to that torch. Ooh, Michael. <laughs> I love it. I love it when a candidate has a zinger. Like Swalwell was just going to unload with both barrels, and Biden's like, get away from me, son, you annoy me. Yeah. <laughs> Swalwell off actually lawn. had T-shirts made up. He thought he was going to make T-shirts up of that. Loser. And I, uh, Israel is, is going to look into his hairspray for their missile defense shield. <laughs> uh, all right, this one's for all the candidates uh, using their hands. Watch. Raise your hand if, gover if your government plan would provide coverage for undocumented immigrants. <laughs> so there you go. They're all in for free health care, whatever you want. That was the, that was the moment when Bernie got out Bernie. He's like, that's my <laughs> shtick. I'm, I'm supposed to be the only communist up here. You, you put your hands down, everyone. That was a, a truly, truly terrifying moment. That's when the, the Democrats just went full socialist. Uh, this is the moment that had Ronald Reagan's just spinning in his grave. He's spinning so hard, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez probably wants to hook up a machine to run him for green energy. It's horrible. <laughs> That's when it would it, be so much funnier if it was someone else's country. I don't want to live in a socialist True. country. They... That's a really terrifying moment. I live in Los Angeles. There's homeless people every other block. It's like yep. Mad Max meets World War Z out here. Uh, I think we need to take care of Americans first. Well, the most viral moment, perhaps, on night one was Beto O'Rourke <laughs> uh, surprising everyone with another goofy moment. But stay for the end where Cory Booker has his, his interesting look. Watch. Necesitamos incluir cada persona en nuestra democracia. Uh, cada votar, ca cada votante necesitamos la representación y cada voz necesitamos escuchar. 
<laughs> Corey oh, Booker man. is like, what is going on Come here? On. And, you know, Michael, it's funny. I speak Spanish. I have my MA in Spanish. I don't, I don't speak Spanish on the show a lot. But I was like, what? If, at one point, I was like, what is he doing? What is he saying? I've seen drunk college kids speak better Spanish yes. than Taco Bell at 2 in the morning. <laughs> at any moment, I was waiting for Beto to go, uh, cheesy gordita crunch, uh, <laughs> nachos bel grande, and uh, chalupa. Oh, it was bad. And it was out of nowhere, yeah. too. He, just he had his arm terrible. going the whole time. But oh, Booker looked at going. him, and then Booker spoke Spanish later. That was strange. I got 30 seconds. Marianne Williamson, go. Okay, that's the American dream. How did she get on that stage? <laughs> Rubbing crystals must work. She's like friends with Oprah. She's going to harness love. She's what? She's, she's going to beat Donald Trump with a love heart? What is a love harness anyway? Did we rent that movie in college? Are we allowed to talk about this on Fox and Friends? <laughs> she, she, Michael, weren't you happy she was there, though? Because it was some comic relief on that stage. A lot of material. The whole stage was comic <laughs> relief. All right. Michael Loftus. God bless her. I'm sure she smells like patchouli. We're yeah. going to defend America. Orlando, Florida, Tampa, Florida, yeah. July 10 and 11. Well, keep the MAGA jokes coming. country comedy. Come see me. Check them out on social media. Thanks, the Michael. jokes keep on coming. All right. I you. love the country. I love the country. Oh, we right. know you do. There it is. The 4th of July show. I hope you dug it. I like it. it you know what? It is kind of cool to, like, look back, see where you've been, think about where you're going, and uh, before I go any further, I want to say thank you to you guys. I want to thank everyone who five stars. <laughs> so it helps, though. That that helps lift us up uh, in, the, in the algorithm. So if you've got a chance, uh, go to iTunes, leave a review, leave us a bunch of stars. I'm going to I'm gonna ask for five. <laughs> All right. And then also... Uh, a big shout out to the Patreons and the show, uh, I think is getting better. The videos are getting better, the production quality, all of that stuff. And that's because of you guys. And, uh, there's lots of good things happening stuff. I, I wish I could talk about it, but I'm, I'm one of those people. I'm so, I don't want to, uh, talk about something and then jinx it. I hate to say it. I kind of believe in jinxes. <laughs> So there you have it. But we really deeply appreciate your help on Patreon. Uh, and if you're thinking about becoming a Patreon, listen, you don't have to go, I can't afford, you know, $200 a day. <laughs> That's good because no one's asking for that. <laughs> but seriously, a buck, two bucks, whatever. I'm like literally begging now. That's not cool. <laughs> but every little bit helps. We're doing great. We're growing. It's working, you guys. It's working. It's working. It's working. So thanks for listening. Tell your friends. You're awesome. Uh, be careful with those fireworks. And we will see you next week. I think my friend Reno Collier is going to be joining us. What? I guess you'll just have to tune in to see our special guest or listen to. Bye. Bye.